today on The Savvy Marketer. If you are you know, a savvy marketer and you're leading a team, you've, you've really got to constantly be pushing yourself to be the leader that the company needs you to be in a year, two, three years. And if you're not thinking that way, and, and it's, by the way, the natural thing is to not think that way. You're dealing with the problems of the present. You're dealing with the challenges, the mm -hmm. opportunities, your boss, your customer, you know, you're dealing with all those things. The savvy leader is going to be thinking about where the puck is going and where, what the company will need a year down the road, two years down the road, even three years down the road. On today's episode, if you have a leadership role in a fast-growing company or organization, what's needed from you today as a leader is not the same thing that's going to be needed from you in the future. Unfortunately, not every leader is able to make that leap. How can you prepare, adapt, and level up as a leader so that you can help to move your company toward growth instead of holding it back? But first, a marketing moment. Let's give your website and maybe your social platforms a quick 60-second content audit. Take a look at your website above the fold, the first thing you see when you load the homepage. Is it immediately clear to a first-time visitor exactly what it is that your company does? You need three things and just three things above the fold on your website and to whatever degree possible, you should try to have this on your social platforms as well. Number one, say in five words or less what you offer. Say it without any fluff as clearly as possible. It might be accounting software or pre-owned office furniture or local preschool. Number two, pair that what statement that we just did with the number one benefit that you offer and try to say that number one benefit in seven words or less. So putting those two things together, it might look like this. Accounting software that gives you financial clarity without the hassle. Make your office beautiful for less with pre-owned office furniture or a local daycare where your children's needs come first. Finally, number three, have one really clear next step, the thing that you most want people who are visiting your website to do. For the accounting software, that might be try it free. For the pre-owned office furniture, it might be find your furniture. And for the local daycare, it might be register today. That's it. Number one, what you do in five words or less. Number two, pair it with your number one benefit in seven more words or less. And then number three, a clear next step. You don't need some clever tagline or a really strong differentiator because all that does is it makes your message muddy. You can add the extra stuff on down the page, but above the fold, say it clearly. And that alone will differentiate you from your competition because they're making it too complicated too. And that is your marketing moment. I am really excited about today's guest on The Savvy Marketer. His name is Clayton Mask. He is the co-founder and CEO of Keep, which is formerly known as Infusionsoft. As we talk about leadership and what it takes to scale in a growing company, Clayton has seen a lot of that. And he's been a great resource to myself and to all of us at Spire as we've continued to grow. He has a lot of wisdom from challenges that he's faced in growing his company. Clayton, welcome to The Savvy Marketer. Thanks, Jamie. Great to be with you. So um, first of all, tell us, what is Keep? Yeah, it's sales and marketing automation for small businesses. Our sweet spot is two to 25 employees. You have really been a great influence on myself as a leader and our company. Uh, we participated in the Elite Forum many years ago, and it really helped us unlock a lot of growth. Um, and so I really want to press in today and talk about 
leadership and how leadership sort of evolves um, as a company grows. And so I, I wonder if you could first describe what did your role look like when you first co-founded the company and how has that role evolved over time? Oh, wow. Uh, this is a trip down memory lane. Well, my, my, when we first started, there were three engineers and myself, and their job was to do nothing but write code, and my job was to do everything except write code. And so sales, marketing, customer support, janitor, grocery shopper, you, you name it. I, you know, I did everything. And um, that, was, you know, that was the agreement we had when we started, and it worked pretty well. That was, that was a good way for us to divide up responsibilities in the beginning because we were a custom software company, and they were billing hours. And so they billed hours, and I did everything else. Yeah, and how does that leadership role change just at a high level when you think about the things you were focused on early on versus the things you were focused on at scale? Well, early on, you're doing it. You know, you're, you're doing all the work. Um, mm -hmm. you're, you're selling, you're marketing, you're, you're, you're answering customers' questions. Then when you get a leader over each of those, they are doing that work and leading that a team of people that are doing that work. So then your job becomes, you know, first you're doing it, then you're kind of leading the function with some people that are doing it. Then you're hiring a leader who's leading that function and you're just leading that leader. And then once you get to a point where you have, you know, a team of executives, now you are a chief executive officer. You've got executives and your job is really at that point to set the vision, lead the team and make sure that the company has the resources needed. And it's really only those three things. It's not anything, you're not doing anything. And this is hard. It's hard for entrepreneurs. I still make the mistake of jumping in and doing too much at times. Many years later, because you love the work as an entrepreneur, yeah. you love doing, but it's really the worst thing you can do for your team. It undermines trust. It causes them to not solve the problems themselves, step into the leadership role that they're fully capable of. It causes all kinds of issues. So you want to go from entrepreneur to CEO. That journey is a path of learning how to lead people who lead teams and overall leading a team of executives. Yeah, and I think there's even a point, isn't there, where you're leading leaders and then you need to lead leaders who can lead leaders or at least leaders who can lead managers. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and I think a lot of our uh, savvy marketers who are a part of this show, they may not be the person who founded the company, but they may be in a role of like a director of sales and marketing or VP, uh, whatever, depending what scale of company they're in. And I think, too, that it's the same thing at that level where the more effective they've been at selling and marketing and causing growth, the, the company begins to evolve around them. What insights might you have uh, for folks that are in that place and, and looking for ways that they can continue to level up their leadership? Yeah, I think um, if you are you know, a savvy marketer and you're leading a team, um, it might be a small team of one or two or it might be a larger team. You've really got to constantly be pushing yourself to be the leader that the company needs you to be in a year, two, three years. And if you're not thinking that way, and, and it's, by the way, the natural thing is to not think that way. You're dealing with the problems of the present. You're dealing with the challenges, the mm -hmm. opportunities, your boss, your customer. You know, you're dealing with all those things. Right. The savvy leader is going to be thinking about where the puck is going and where what the company will need a year down the road, two years down the road, even three years down the road. 
Yeah. Definitely a year down the road. Uh, uh, something I've said for years and years and years that I'm not the company, I'm not the CEO that the company needs a year from now. But you can bet your last dollar that by the time the company gets there, I'll be the CEO that the company needs. Yeah. And and the point of that is both figurative and literal. Figuratively, it's that you're always thinking about trying to be better and trying to be where the what the company is going to need down the road. And then literally, it's working on the things that are holding you and the team and the company back. And every leader is, is has those things. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's the reality, and that's one of the reasons why I love entrepreneurship so much because. It's amazing. It's an amazing lab for life where you get to learn and grow and develop. And there's a bottom line and, a, you know, it's pushing you to do it. <laughs> yeah. you, you need to do that. So my advice for leaders out there is to think about what the company needs a year, two, three years down the road and identify where their gaps are. Now, how you do that is you go work with people who are leading companies slightly bigger than yours and teams slightly bigger than yours. You get mentors, you get into network groups, you get into professional circles, you form them informally. I had a board member who taught this principle to me. It's really, it's a really good principle. He calls it the normative model of the role that you need to be stepping into. And if you don't know what that looks like, you need to surround yourself with people who do know what it looks like. Mm. And then you work on yourself to get better in those ways so that you look like that mold that the company needs a year to two years, three years down the road. And and this is very counter to what our egos do to us. Our, our egos play this game with us and try to tell us, oh, you're working hard. You're keeping up. You're doing all the stuff you need to do. Well, if you can't clearly articulate what the role looks like in a year or two yeah. years, then then your ego has just pulled the wool over your eyes and you're not actually intentionally becoming the leader that you need to be, that the company needs you to be, that your people need you to be down the road. Why do you think that's an ego thing? Well, the ego is a tricky sucker. <laughs> it's always undermining <laughs> can... us in our personal yeah. development and growth. And the, the ego doesn't want to change. And the ego doesn't want to go through an honest assessment of where our shortcomings are. The mm -hmm. ego wants to say everything's okay. The ego wants to say that mm. you're just fine. The ego wants to say that, no, you're, you're working really hard and you deserve this. And you, No, that's not true. That's not the way growth is. If you can learn how to overcome that, then you can have an honest conversation about who you need to be. Is it possible to overswing there? Is it possible or to oversteer where you're so focused on where the role is going to be in the future that you neglect the present? There's a very common way that the concept plays out in, in growth companies, but it's not in you becoming the role that you need to be in overshooting it. It's that you see the role that you need as a leader and you hire somebody who overshoots that. So okay. what happens is we want to get experience. You know, we want to bring in new, we want to bring in people who have been there, done that quote unquote. And what we do is we we make the mistake of bringing bringing in people who have existed in an organization far bigger and far different than the one that you're going to be next year mm. or two years down the road. And this I could write books about how it plagues <laughs> and, and haunts companies who make this mistake. And I've made this mistake and I've watched entrepreneurs make this mistake 
We fall in love with the pedigree of a leader we want to hire that's been at a brand brand name company or a big you know bigger business, but that business is way bigger than the one that we're going to be next year mm. or two years. And so the trick is to hire one stage ahead. And as you know, if, you, if you've spent time with me, you know I talk all the time about the stages of small business growth yeah. and how the stage changes happen at the ones and threes of revenue. A one hundred thousand dollar business changes into a new stage at 300,000 and it changes again at a million and then again at three and 10 and 30 and a hundred and so on. It's a law of business. Don't ask me why it happens this way. It just happens. And the people process and systems have to adjust at the stage changes or you get stuck at those stages. Well, because that's the reality. And even if we don't consciously and intentionally understand it, we sort of subconsciously know there's something going on and we get plateaued and then we want to hire someone. But instead of hiring them for the next stage, if we're a $3 million business, we want to hire somebody who's had experience in that run of 3 million to 10 million. That's mm-hmm. who we want to hire. And they need to have been a leader in that business from three to 10. Instead, we go hire somebody that's been at a $50 million company and we think, oh, how wonderful and amazing it's going to be. They're going to come in and help us in all these ways. And instead, they come in and they turn their nose up at everything you're doing. Everybody mm. feels like that person doesn't quite fit. They're pulling rank like they, they, you know, they've been to, to heaven and back and they understand exactly what it looks like and what everybody needs to be doing. And how come everybody's so stupid that they can't do it? You know, it's just it's a mess. Yeah. It's a complete yeah. mess. And the leader thinks, oh, I hired this great person, and it ends up becoming a, a disaster. So hire one stage ahead in order to avoid overshooting in a different way than you brought up. But I couldn't help bringing up that issue because it can help so many people avoid a ton of hurt and frustration, including the person you hired, by the way, who right. is three or four stages ahead of where you are. That person yeah. uh, is, is is done a disservice through that process as well. I wonder if you have stories of challenges that you faced firsthand while leveling up as a leader or things that you've had to overcome uh, with a leadership team. Um, you know, where do we start? There's, there's, there's a lot of stuff. So, you know, I can give you an example as I've, you know, recently been, been building my team and we went through a bunch of changes in the business and built the team around the strategy. And we, I recognized that I was being too heavy handed in the reestablishment of our strategy and getting everybody aligned to the vision because we'd gone through a bunch of leadership changes and adjustments and there's a period of time where I I wasn't leading the company day to day for about three years there. So when I came back, I I was being too heavy handed on some things Mm. and, and I was getting that feedback in, in subtle ways, but I opened it up and invited it and got it in a very, not so subtle way. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to recognize, oh, yeah, I see what's happening. And I, and unfortunately, I've made the mistake before. That's one of the things about business. It's not like you learn it once and then you never have to do it again because leaders change, markets change, competitors change, products change, situations change. And then sometimes we have to relearn a lesson, which, which yeah. kind of sucks when that happens. But it's, that's life. You know, how many of us wish we only had to learn a lesson once in life? <laughs> so right. It just well, happens. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's, there's, if there was just this clear right category and wrong category, but I think because there's balance involved, you know, you can go either direction and and trying to find that place uh, that, that you can lead effectively is so important. So, yep. Yeah. Why do you feel like it can be hard for leaders to make the leap in a scaling company? 
aside from ego and aside from not knowing what that role looks like. And those are two really, really big reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, another one of it, another reason is they, they get comfortable at a certain stage. Yeah. And, and so, you know, back to the stages, some people, they're just really good in the, you know, million to 3 million, 3 million to 10 million. But if you're not the business owner, there tends to be a, a, a zone of, of two stages where you can operate pretty well. And, and so if you're the leader of sales at a million dollar business, by the time you get to 10 million, the, the, what that business needs is dramatically different. You've changed stages twice. Yeah. And so to be that leader, you have to really be pushing yourself to change. What I've observed is that most leaders, and this is, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty strong optimist, but this is going to sound like a pretty pessimistic comment. But it's just what I've observed, that a good leader can lead the function for an entire stage change. So think of it as, to put it simply, you're growing the business three times. Mm-hmm. A good leader can stay in the function and do that. A great leader can stay in the function and grow it 10 times, two stage changes, okay. a million to 10 million. Yeah, but it takes an extraordinary leader. It's the extraordinary leader who can stay in that same function and grow up, grow the business in that function more than 10x. Now, mm. sometimes they'll get to 10 and then they'll move into a different role. You know, they're, they're leading sales and marketing and then they'll split off and they'll just lead sales after a 10x growth. That's an extraordinary leader still. But most of the time, I hate to say what it requires in a person to grow and develop and change is not commonly accepted and pursued by leaders. Interesting. They're comfortable in their, their stage or their next stage. And, and in order to move to the following, you know, two stages and stay in the leadership role, they have to be maniacal about learning from others about doing coaching, about being in peer groups, about seeing what that normative model looks like and being honest about their shortcomings and how they need to change, seeking that out through 360s, through individual. I mean, you just have to be doggedly pursuing that improvement as a leader. And what I've found is most people can't do that and don't, they choose not to do that. It's just too much work. Yeah. And, and they'd rather not read the books, go to the seminars, spend time with coaches and, and, and peer networks and groups and do all that stuff. They're, they're, the rest of their lives get in, you know, they, they, they require a little more attention. Yeah. I have found that the, lead, that the entrepreneur or CEO, particularly the, the, the founder, has a little something different in them that will sometimes push them to get through that. But mm-hmm. not always. Um, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the founders don't want to do that either, or they're yeah. just not cut out to make those kinds of improvements. So, yeah, and I don't think that sounds pessimistic either, Clay. I, th- I think you know it, it's it's not unlike good to great right people in the right seats, and yep. sometimes it can be good people, but the seat has changed to such a degree that it may not be the right seat for somebody yeah. Yeah. anymore. Yeah, that's what it is. It's the the seats changing so much that if you're not doing the constantly, if you're not constantly pushing yourself to stay up um, with that seat, then it will outgrow you. Yeah. And, it, and if, if you get, if you stay in the seat, then you're holding back the growth of the company. Clay, I'm curious if you could go back and deliver a message to um, 
you can pick the year. I'd say 2010, Clayton. Um, but I don't want to pick a specific year. Yeah, um, that's great. That's uh, good, about that's leadership. Uh, what would you tell him? Buckle up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you never arrive. You're always working at it. You know, you're just always working to get better. You're going to yeah. make tons of mistakes. Um, you've got to be impervious to the criticism, but open to the the feedback. You know, the the, the criticism will bring you down if you let it. But if you block it all out, then you're not getting the, you're not embracing the feedback that you need. So yeah. this is why I believe humility and gratitude are two of the most important things for leaders because mm-hmm. the two of the most important characteristics, because if you're not humble enough and, and trust me, I've made my mistakes and that ego will just sneak up on you and take you down at times where you don't realize it. Um, but you've got to be, you've got to work at it constantly and work to be humble and you've got to be grateful for the, the journey, the people around you, the, 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 you know, ride of a lifetime, the opportunity. I mean, it's just so fun. And, yeah. and I think when you have that gratitude and you have that humility, you got a fighting chance to, to grow and develop the way you need to. And I probably didn't fully appreciate the, the, the 2010 Clayton probably didn't fully appreciate that, but I mm-hmm. have great appreciation for it um, today. Yeah. Well, Clay, I want to thank you for taking the time to be on the Savvy Marketer today and share with other leaders. And I want to thank you for the way you've helped me. You talk about um, aligning with people who have been through those other stages of growth. And um, you and and your team have been such a great influence to uh, myself and to other leaders on our team as we seek to level up as well. Oh, uh, thank happy you for to that. do it. I, I loved when you guys were in uh, Elite Forum years ago. It's leaders who were serious about um, building teams and aligning them to their purpose, values, mission. Yeah. And you've done a great job of that. You know, I, I love watching what you guys have done and, and, um, you know, for, for businesses that kind of hit those, that plateau in that one to 10 million range, it's a really amazing experience to go and, and do that. And you guys did it in a great way. I love being a part of that. And, you know, any of your listeners that are needing, needing a little help in that plateau, it's a great, it's a great place to go. Absolutely. Thanks, Clay. You bet, Jeremy. A lot of fun. Hey, I want to thank you for watching The Savvy Marketer. If today's episode has your wheels turning, I want to encourage you to like, comment, and subscribe, and be sure to share this with other leaders who are working to level up in their role as an encouragement for them as well. Every episode of The Savvy Marketer is brought to you by Spire. We're an Ohio-based marketing agency. We help you simplify and sharpen your strategy. We help you get this stuff done and make your marketing hum. Take your marketing higher with Spire. Thanks for watching.